Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. We are back. We are yes, still we are. still in quarantine, unfortunately. Not for much yeah. longer. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, we'll see what happens with that stuff. Yeah. But the good part is, today's episode, <laughs> just as always, is sponsored by, but not really, uh, this one today is Pony Hawk. Now, if everybody looks at this, they know that I cannot stand pale ales. Can't stand them, never have. But I got to tell you, I picked this one up at the co-op here in, uh, in Lebanon, and um, it's a double IPA. And, and to be quite honest, the only reason I real picked it, really picked it up is because of that right uh, there, 8% alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but when I tasted it, I was like, okay, yeah, this tastes really kind of good. So I think the double India pale ale you know, IPAs are, are pretty good. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess everybody can learn. So here you go. I, I can't stand the regular IPAs. Don't get me wrong. I still can't stand them. But double IPAs, rock and roll. What about you, Steve? What you got, buddy? So today I'm drinking a regular IPA. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, actually, I like the double IPAs best as well. Um, but I'm just having this today. This is a, if I can find the right depth perception. There we go. Daily Dose. There we go. Daily Dose IPA from Otter Creek. Another ah. Vermont, uh, Vermont beer. It's quite good. They make everything they make is great. This yeah, we is got pretty. The, we mm-hmm. got some crazy CGI going on here behind you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your background, man. I love the semi-arid climate. <laughs> if I just could, I would just. We're talking about laying down out in the grass, man. I'd like to lay out in that desert oh. as long as I didn't lay on a cactus. Amen, bro. Amen. You know, if it's close to Roswell, that's always good too. Yeah, that would be neat. Hey, what's uh, where? Where was your beer made? My beer was made in. At uh, Schilling Beer Company in Littleton, New Hampshire. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, let me tell you, we're in the beer, beer, best beer place you can be for beer. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, I really, I thought about this and we probably should have done it, but we should have actually like broke down all the beers we've done so far and put a good, best, you know, good, huh. better, best kind of things for so, you know. But we haven't really thought about it. I mean, there's been some beers I really dug, like I know Double Bag, I really uh-huh. liked. Uh, there were a couple others that are really done, but oh, and uh, was that other one? I liked uh, that uh, that uh, Von Trapp. Holy sh! Ah, the Von Trapp stuff, the local Von Trapp stuff was really yeah. good too. But hey, you know, missed opportunities, yeah. bro. <laughs> I really like the Mountain Shed Ale. I liked a lot, oh, mm-hmm. and I liked the Unearthed. Um, what was that? That was a stout, Unearthed stout. Yeah, I can um, dig stouts, man. Stouts, I got to start a little bit s- slow with. Uh-huh. But once they get going, man, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like a slow burner. Stouts yeah, slow for burners. me, I kind of like one, if I have one stout, I don't want another. But I think that's common because they're so heavy. So, like, yeah. you know. Dude, for me, I'll take – it takes me one stout to get used to, to the bitter taste. Oh, okay. okay. And then I'm down, like, all night long. Mm-hmm. So where are we starting here, Steve, from the last one? Yeah, so uh, um, we're right in the middle of J. Edgar Hoover and JFK. 
mm. kind of their interactions. We kind of stopped right in the middle of everything. And so let's just pick it, just, just jump right back into it. Um, so um, March 22nd, 1961, you know, pretty early, very early in the uh, JFK's um, presidency, um, J. Edgar Hoover and JFK have an off-the-record lunch at the White House. Hoover brings with him a folder which detailed Judith Campbell's telephone calls to the White House. Um, the folder also lays out her relations, relationship with Sam Giacana. Um, <laughs> JFK hey, hey, hang on, back up, back up, Steve. Mm -hmm. if, in all due respect to the mobsters out there, right? if you're going to talk about Sam, right, you got to use his name. Sam what? Sam the man, Giancana. Okay, because he was the man, right? Mm -hmm. Giancana family watches this, you know, you might get whacked, bro. So if you're going to talk about Sam Giancana, you got to put the man in the middle. So Sam the Spam Giancana. Right? <laughs> That's that? on you. Sam, uh, Giancana family, I got nothing to do with Steve. You take care of him. Okay, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Sam the Spam. <laughs> So JFK wasn't that impressed, and he said to a staffer um, right after um, J. Edgar Hoover um, left his, his office or wherever they had lunch, he said, quote, get rid of that bastard. He's the biggest bore. Yeah. You know, I, he wanted to get rid of him, but was he able to? And, and I think it, was, it wasn't like he didn't want to, but uh, he basically couldn't because of all the crap he had on him. Mm. You know, what are you going to do? And you know what? There's, other, there's also people out there, and I, I did a little bit of research, there's people out there that are saying, well, it wasn't really because, you know, Hoover had a lot of, you know, dirt on Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Well, he did. <laughs> but it's because uh, everybody liked Hoover, right? I mean, Hoover was the guy who was fighting communists in America and all, you know, the, the blue-collar folks in America, you know, loved him because he was trying to get rid of the, you know, the, the Red Scare or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. they loved him. They didn't want him to get out. But dude, since Hoover, FBI heads are in charge for more than three years. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I mean, there's no more 40 years shit. I mean, mm -hmm. so eh, I'm kind of thinking, I'm leaning a little bit more towards he had a lot of shit on a lot of people. That's the reason why he stayed in. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Supposedly, in February of 1962, Marilyn Monroe met Robert Kennedy at Peter Lawford's house um, at his uh, sure. beach house in California. Um, and later that night, um, the actress, um, will, or, or Marilyn Monroe later told one of her friends, supposedly, that the two, that the two of them, her and Robert Kennedy, had a, um, had a conversation. So uh, I guess Marilyn Monroe seemed to think that J. Edgar Hoover was going to be fired, but um, Robert Kennedy told her, according to Marilyn, that um, he and John F. Kennedy didn't feel strong enough to do it, but even though they didn't want to. Maybe I should cut this out. This isn't that interesting. Um, yeah, even though they wanted to, right? I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, I don't, I don't think that J. Edgar Hoover per se wanted to have – Kennedy killed. I don't think he would have minded if he was. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, if, you know, if this guy dies or this girl dies, I couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think that's kind of maybe where Hoover was coming from. I'm only guessing this, obviously, because I was fly on the wall like no one else was. Mm -hmm. You know, but <clears throat> I honestly think that he was 
instrumental along with, with our, our boy, uh, President, uh, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were instrumental in uh, covering the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, even though we haven't gotten to all of that. Um, so there is some evidence and a lot of smoke, maybe perhaps denoting a fire, that um, J. Edgar Hoover had received reports that various mafiosos wanted to kill JFK, amongst them um, Marcello, and, oh, yeah. um, but that he withheld this evidence um, from both JFK and from the Secret Service. Um, and some people say that the reason why he withheld the evidence was because, um, well, I mean, there are a couple reasons. One is they say that he was protecting the mafia, that he didn't care about JFK necessarily. He wasn't concerned if JFK yeah. got, got whacked. Um, also, some people said that he had obtained that evidence through um, illegal electro- electronic surveillance. No! And so we know he was gathering intelligence illegally, but it is kind of odd to think that he would have foregone um, sharing that information, that intelligence with the president, just because he had gained that intelligence illegally. But on the other hand, there, there are a lot of accounts that J. Edgar Hoover obtained tons of information illegally and then just kind of kept it to himself. And so maybe he didn't want to open that can of worms. We talked about it last time, Steve. I mean, you know, when, when, when you're talking about a guy who, you know, I think anyway, in my humble opinion, and, and I think at least a little bit uh, researched opinion is that he was very self-conscious. I think, you know, he uh, thought that he was one of those folks that needed to have this information in order to be able to stay in his position because he didn't have enough confidence in himself to be able to keep the position. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, anybody that's been around has seen folks, you know, be able to do that. They, they don't let information out or they don't show anybody else how to do their job and, because, well, if they do, what happens next? Mm-hmm. You know, when their real job is to promote people to take their position so they can move up. And so, you know, um, I really believe that he was that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're going to get into um, the FBI's investigation of the JFK assassination in detail. Um, later on. Um, But just quickly, we're going to just quickly note a couple of items about um, J. Edgar Hoover and the JFK assassination. Most notably, um, Hoover personally directed the FBI investigation of the assassination of JFK, as you would expect. Um, And in 1964, uh, days before Hoover testified, during the early portion of the Warren Commission hearings, um, Lyndon Johnson waived the, um, the mandatory U.S. Government Service Retirement Act of 70, which allowed Hoover to remain the FBI director for an indefinite period of time. Oh, go imagine that, would you? In other words, like Hoover is about to go and give his testimony about what happened, no, not, just, not just regarding the... Um, the assassination, but regarding everything Hoover knows about all of the investigation um, efforts for around the JFK assassination. And Hoover, you know, days before that, threw him a bone and said, you know what, we're going to essentially make you FBI director for life. Doesn't prove anything, but it's, you know, it's an interesting thing to note. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other interesting thing is, Steve, you know, when, when, uh, when Oswald was shot, 
you know, the, um, the percentage of people that thought this whole thing was a conspiracy to kill the, the, the Patsy mm-hmm. or the one that actually had the information was pretty high then. It's uh-huh. even higher now, yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty high then. And still they decided to cover all this shit up. It, it, it's beyond my belief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they had the internet back then, boy, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll, you know, we haven't raised that question, but um, if it was a different media age back then, Oh. Could the cover-up have, have been so successful? Not a chance. I mean, it wasn't even really successful because everybody kind of knows that something happened. But Well, I mean, yeah, but I think the thing was, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, it's it's for me, it's like hard to believe. If I was there in 64 mm-hmm. or 63 when this happened, I, I, I being me now, you know, it would have been a shitstorm. I, I would have... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, but um, they just didn't have the, the wherewithal. And maybe they just didn't believe that our government or our uh, faction of said government, uh, mm-hmm. along with other factors, could actually pull it off or even actually want to pull it off. I mean, <laughs> you know, for any reason, really. I mean, I think I think it makes me think the mob, I, I want to believe that the mob had more to do with it, to be quite mm-hmm. honest, than, because I, I, I don't want to believe that our own people would want to do that to our own president you well know, we'll see we, we'll but, see what we think i mean yeah down the <laughs> I line have my opinions but yeah <laughs> we'll get to it um so in 19 in 1979 the house select committee on assassinations mm. they issued a report where they were very critical of um the fbi the warren commission and other agencies um the report specifically criticized Hoover's reluctance to investigate the possibility, the the mere possibility of a conspiracy to assassinate the president. So looking back 16 years later, that committee said, you know what, Hoover didn't even really look into the possibility that it was more than just Oswald. And they thought that that was kind of insane, which I agree with them now. Yeah. That that was just, I mean, I don't think it was insane. I think it was intentional, but it's unpardonable, I guess, is a better way of looking at it. That's right. Agreed. Um, And so specifically, um, Senator Richard Schweiker, um, he, he, a quote that he has, or I guess he, he, it wasn't a quote, but it was something I think they put into the report was that the FBI, quote, failed to investigate adequately the possibility of a conspiracy to assassinate the president. All right, that's what we've already said. But also that um, the FBI was deficient in its sharing of information with other agencies and departments. Now, now, folks, remember what Steve just said, because down the line, <laughs> when we get into the meat, pota- meat and potatoes of this whole thing, not only were they deficient, mm-hmm. okay, they blatantly didn't even try to find the facts. Mm-hmm. They, they went so far as to intimidate witnesses, to not even allow you know, witnesses to go to the, uh, the Warren Commission or any of the others. It's, it's uh, yeah, and, and some of them didn't even wind up staying alive to even, you know, go to the HSCA. So um, there you have that little ding, you know, uh, piece of knowledge right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like the wording on that, where they say that they were deficient in their yeah. sharing of information, because it makes it sound like it was a, the issue was one of competence, when yeah. really yeah, yeah. it was just that they didn't want to share, they had no, they wanted to, <laughs> yeah. they didn't want anybody to know anything. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'll so, just throw this word out there as another ding, Aquila Clemens. Anyway, moving forward. Uh, so now uh, we're just going to finish up on Hoover by talking about his relationship with Lyndon Johnson. And uh, this, I think, is important because, you know, the further we get into this and we find out all the ways that Lyndon Johnson, you know, who Lyndon Johnson had connections with, some of his previous practices. I know we went, we talked about him, you know, in a, um, a few um, podcasts earlier, um, but his relationship with Hoover, in my opinion, had a lot to do with how the conspiracy, if you believe there was a conspiracy, was covered up. Um, I think that their relationship, if you kind of ascribe to the theory that Lyndon Johnson might have been involved, which a lot of people don't, um, but if you ascribe to that theory, his relationship with Hoover um, it, it is interesting, you know, to note. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, um, so Johnson was had a connection and a relationship with Hoover you know, long before he was vice president, long before he was president himself. Didn't he live next to him, Steve, or something like that? He did li live next to him. Yeah. Um, it was in 1945 when um, then Senator Lyndon Johnson moved on to the same block, at least, maybe not next, you know, houses right sure. next door, yeah. but the same block of Washington's 30th place, which is where Hoover lived, and their families were very close for um, you know, many decades. And um, in fact, um, Hoover's last attorney general, Ramsey Clark, felt that their friendship, quote, was, was so close that it, quote, almost disqualified Johnson from being, being able to supervise um, J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were really tight. Yeah. Um, and so when, um, in 1964, when um, Johnson was decided to run for president, remember he became president in 63 when JFK was assassinated, but then he had to win the nomination in 64, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to then win, yeah. you know, that general election. I think he was the favorite going into it, certainly, but he was worried that Robert Kennedy might have a go at it and try to win the nomination. Not yet. <clears throat> and um, he asked, and remember, he was president at that time, so he was already overseeing Hoover. He asked Hoover um, to put a, a special security team of FBI men um, kind of in charge of both, actually, it was both Robert Kennedy and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. It was that that Deloche guy or something, wasn't it? Um, yes. You're right. That was, he was the one who led the team. Yeah. Um, and so supposedly he put them, uh, he put these people in charge of them to kind of protect them. But I mean, couldn't the Secret Service have done that? That's kind of what they do. Yeah. A, a lot of people now think that he did it really to, um, to track Robert Kennedy and to track Martin Luther King Jr. And especially when you think about what we talked about in the last podcast, I really don't think Hoover was that interested in protecting Martin Luther King Jr. No, not you know, at all. To the, 
to the point where he was going to change protocol and say, we want to take over this detail instead of the Secret yeah. Service. No, he wanted well, I mean, them following them around to see what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, do you think rogue agents of the FBI sent, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, letters to kill himself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> or, bu or bugged his phone <laughs> behind Hoover's back? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. It's like the FBI is sending letters to Martin Luther King Jr. saying, kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. But then supposedly they, they're also have sending their their operatives to yeah. guard him. I mean, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of scrutiny going on in there, you know. Mm -hmm. Circumstantial, but yet persuasive. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's really the. Those are the biggest items, just that um, that we're going to get to right now, at least. Um, that Lyndon Johnson and J. Edgar Hoover were super tight. That, um, yeah. and I think they even, you know, back, you know, I think in 1960. Lyndon Johnson and Hoover had discussions about, you know, how to keep Kennedy out of the, the presidency, even at that time. And then they conspired after that, not maybe not conspired, it will probably conspired, but they were involved politically, you know, their whole, their whole careers. You know, and also Steve, to kind of add a little bit of, con, you know, uh, context to what you said before about how, you know, uh, Lyndon Johnson extended his, the age and, and changed all those laws. Mm -hmm. Evidently, um, I guess there was, uh, uh, whether it's true or not, I'm not really sure. I, I don't have the uh, reference with me, but uh, it's said that it's quoted that um, um, that that uh, Lyndon B. Johnson said that to you know Hoover, the law says you must retire next January when you reach your 70th birthday, and I know you wouldn't want to break the law, but the the, the nation cannot afford to lose you. <laughs> Therefore, by virtue and pursuant to the authority vested in the president, I have today signed an executive order exempting you from compulsory retirement for an indefinite period of time. Hmm. Yeah, imagine that. Say, so please do my bidding and continue to cover up for me. You know, wash my back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll wash yours. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe if you've hidden under a rock or, or you, you were an ostrich in a former life and you kept your head in the sand. I, I just don't understand how sometimes people can go, can, can find out this kind of stuff and go, oh, no, everything was fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just, it kills me, Steve. It kills me. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> all right. So that's all we have for J. Edgar Hoover. But we're actually going to keep going because – yes. Um, even though we're starting an entirely new topic. Um, just How lucky are you folks to hear a new topic in the middle of one? Yeah, I'm going to have to, the label for this podcast episode is going to have to be really weird. J. Edgar Hoover slash CIA <laughs> mind control. But whatever. It's okay. It's, it is what you it know, is. You know, look, look it, it, it's the COVID era, okay? You, you, we got to do what we got to do, folks. I mean, come on. I mean, cut us some slack. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, so. Bill, how interested are you in learning more? Of course, Bill already knows all about this, but talking about CIA mind control and Oswald. This you is know, be good Steve, stuff. Steve, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, that's the whole thing about me, right? I mean, I, I, I know in my bones, right, that, that this whole, oh, we're not doing stuff like, you know, MK Ultra, and we're not, we're not controlling people and, and we're not doing anything of that nature. And, and because Congress told us to stop, well, we stopped. Krakashiza, mm -hmm. uh, right? I mean, I, I, uh, I honestly believe it's still going on today. Only I believe it's going on in so many different facets of like, 
you know, remote viewing. And again, I'm getting forward here, but all of these other things, right, that that Mm -hmm. people don't get. And for another 50 years, they won't even hear about, Mm -hmm. right, until it's already been done, kind of like 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And with that being said, Steve. So I'm going to say before we get started, Bill told me not to mention this, but um, so I wrote I do a lot of these notes way ahead of time. And I think I prepared these notes like a year ago, maybe. And the podcast we're recording tonight, it was impromptu. So I haven't looked at these notes forever. And so this could be a little rough, but, but all right, (laughs) but whatever. All right, let's talk about it and let's learn. I'll probably learn all sorts of stuff. Steve, I told you not to bring that up. I told you, Steve. Yeah, sure. It would have been more fun if we were just wildly incompetent and nobody knew. More incompetent than usual. <laughs> and nobody knew why. They're like, wow, they're really bad today. Must be that 8%. Yeah, whatever. It like, no, it's, it's just us. <laughs> we're so, talking about MKUltra. So some people may not know what MKUltra is. Matter of fact, probably a lot of people. So MK Boy, Ultra, are you in for it? Go ahead. Sorry. So MKUltra is not a conspiracy. It's not no. a conspiracy theory. This no. is all documented. It's something that's even been admitted by everybody by the CIA. It's it's just we are not crooks. We are not crooks. Yeah, I mean, supposedly it, this kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. But this is not a uh, this is not a conspiracy theory. This so, ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. Yes, it's just the talking heads. All right. Um, <laughs> so MK Ultra was the CIA mind control program. That's the code name that was given to this program. And the program was experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the US Central Intelligence Agency. In other words, the CIA. Uh, and, and many of these experiments, uh, not surprisingly, were illegal. Funny, reminds me of something. Reminds me of Hans Gruber. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And it also reminds me of the scientists that were brought back according to Operation Paperclip. But we'll get into that later, too. Anyway, moving on. So these experiments were experiments on humans um, intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures that they could use in inter- interrogations that would um, weaken the individual and force confessions from individuals and kind of my um control the minds of of these individuals so essentially like if um a, a simple way of thinking about it is um this was one phase of mk ultra there are other kind of aspects yeah. to it but one aspect of it was let's just give unsuspecting people or sometimes suspecting people a bunch of different sorts of drugs and see um what happens especially <laughs> lsd yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah some of us might Um, say sign me up yeah you know and it's funny because you know i don't know if anybody out there maybe you can put it in the comments have you ever seen anything that says you know hey we're doing a a a a study and you could be part of it Uh, Mm -hmm. all you got to do is you know get a hold of us they don't really say a lot about it but you know they want volunteers and you can get paid and your travel get paid and all this other shit don't do it <laughs> just take this just take this pill you don't do it don't do it man don't do it because what's going to happen and it might sound strange what's going to happen is you're going to get a call right there's movies out there you get a call you pick up the phone hello 
the red bird flies during the evening. <laughs> and that phrase is going to make you go, click. You're going to go to your warehouse that you had already. You're going to find all of your weapons and all of your <laughs> ammo. And you're going to go over to some place and you're going to blow everybody up. And you're not even going to know what happened. So hands for hand, you know. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we have to look forward to. Um, <laughs> All these little tidbits I'm throwing out there, Steve. I know. Life is so fun. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is just a, some more technical stuff. Um, the project was organized through the Office of Scientific Intelligence of the CIA. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And... Uh, also by the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories. Mm. And um, even though MKUltra is the most famous code name, there, there are some other code names that were used, um, including Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Yeah, but check it out, though, Steve. Ready for this guy? You ready for this, guys, and everybody else? This stuff was sanctioned in the 50s. Mm -hmm. That's 5 zero. It would be 40 years before most of the folks that are listening to this were born even. So we get it that you don't really understand what the deal was. But, dude, honestly, 1953. Yeah, that's when it began. But you know what? It didn't finish. It wasn't officially halted until 1973. Yeah, and so yeah. Officially halted. We don't know, I mean, what they might be doing even now. But... Um, mm -hmm. According to the official records, it, it began in 53, um, and it was supposedly reduced in scope um, in 1964. Yeah, and interestingly enough, supposedly it was reduced in scope in 64. Now, isn't that kind of odd? One year after JFK was assassinated? Maybe yeah. it felt like they had, they, the, it had run its course, served its purpose. I don't know. Reduced in scope. Only because there was a lot of crap going on with everybody trying to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Let's put this on hold until we can really get back to it, right? Yeah. Mm. So um, to be clear about who they were testing on, um, it wasn't only on people who volunteered and on CIA um, people. They did tests on um, citizens that knew nothing about it. Yep. You know, like they, they, they were unwitting test subjects. Which, yep. when that kind of came out, you know, caused some um, consternation. You know, and, and I got to say that, you know, as much of the atrocities of, of Auschwitz, you know, and the whole thing, and, and Hans Gruber in particular, who, you know, had experimented on all of these, these uh, humans, you know, it was, I think, fortunate for him mm -hmm. to have these individuals in front of him to take. Unfortunately, it was the Jewish folks who were there. Mm -hmm. I think it wouldn't have mattered who it was to him. No, I think I, I, I honestly think, um, I mean, he may have been a scientist, you know, uh, but he was a psychopath in that he thought that he could forego the, the moral thing to do to mm -hmm. try to uh, make something or build something or cure something uh in in order to to, to appease his own uh curiosity mm -hmm. uh and you just can't do that you, you you can't you can't you can't you can't that's why people use mice that's why people use you know and i'll bet it's still going on there's groupers around here man so don't don't answer those ads folks don't do it yeah although one thing i was thinking about when you were talking is um 
I, I think that that's a good thing to bring up in terms of like we criticize, um, you know, what the Nazis did yeah. um, while we were experimenting on our own citizens. And I think that's a, that's a fair comparison. But I also want to note just to be um, sensitive to, to people who had relatives in the Holocaust, etc. I do think there is a difference between giving LSD to unsuspecting citizens, which is that's bad. Don't get me wrong. That's really bad. But the stuff that the, the Nazis were doing to the Jewish, you know, to the people they experimented on, some of that was no, all of way it, worse. All of it was way worse. My, my, yeah. my point, to be clear, mm -hmm. is, is, you know, look, we're not innocent, folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, we're not innocent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not. And, and don't think for a second that, you know, we weren't innocent then and then all of a sudden we took the pill mm -hmm. and, and now we're all better. We're not better. We're, we're not better. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's MK Ultra is just a tip of the iceberg. There, there's so many other things that we do, um, you know. And and yes, it was horrible. But what was worse is is you know, if we ever get to this point, and I hope that we do, is is how America just you know allowed these scientists to, to go free. Mm -hmm. You know, I, just anyway, moving on. So um, some of the, the, way, the ways that they did these tests and some of the um, <clears throat> techniques that they used were um, they included the covert administration. In other words, you know, they, they gave this to people without their knowing. Um, they gave them high, high doses of psychoactive drugs, especially LSD. Um, also other chemicals. Um, they used electroshocks, hypnosis, they, they, you know, experimented with hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse. So they experimented with like, okay, what if we um, systematically sexually abuse people? You know, can, can that make, a, make them do what it is that we want them to do? Um, as well as other um, forms of torture. And remember, this isn't just like... You know, you think back during um, the Bush uh, presidency when there was the controversy about the um, the treatment of the prisoners and, the, you know, they did sexual Quantico. things, you know, things where they'd make them all lay on each other naked and, you know, horrible things like that. Um, it, we're not here talking about just getting people to say things. No. We're also talking about how to how to control people. But that also makes me wonder, you know, like supposedly they stopped this in 73. If they were testing, you know, sexual abuse and torture in terms of how to get people to do what they want and extract information, they stopped that in 73. But then 25 years later, 27 years later, you know, we were having our prisoners lay on top of each other naked and doing sensory deprivation and torturing them and doing waterboarding. It's well, like, did it really stop? <laughs> Look, 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 okay, it, there's, 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 I, I honestly think there's a significant difference here. Number one, mm -hmm. war is hell, mm -hmm. right? You know, like uh, Jack Nicholson, right? You know, you folks don't know what happens while you're asleep. You know, you sleep comfortably in your homes while we do the work that you don't want us to do to keep you safe. Yet you can question the authority by which I have to make those decisions so that you're able to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly believe that if it's real and if you have to interrogate someone in order to ensure national security. Now, when I say that, I say if that's real. Mm -hmm. 
then I believe by any means necessary. If there is an actual evil, something out there where you have to go and you have to, you have to interrogate using certain means mm-hmm. to get the outcome you need from someone, I think that's just what you have to do. I honestly do. Mm-hmm. If that's the actual case. Right? And if it actually helps, right? Haven't there been a lot helps. of experiments that have shown, like, if you torture people, that people will just say anything to get you to stop. Like, they no longer, the people yeah. you're torturing don't even really care about truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of it, you know, I mean, it, again, it's like, you know, roll the dice, take your chances kind of thing. But I think that the whole, you know, thing with the prisoners on top of each other, honestly, I honestly think that this was uh, kind of a tribal you know, thing, everybody acts a certain way. So nobody stops it, you know, like in, like in uh, Vietnam, yeah, yeah. you know, where, you know, everybody was like, you got to kill, you got to kill, you got to kill. So everybody's like, okay, let's just kill everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Um, do I think it's right? Absolutely not. Do I think they think it's right in hindsight? I don't think they do, mm-hmm. you know, but, but using people as, as human, you know, drones and human, you know, robots to go out and do what you wanted to just, to, to, to increase your uh, military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Um, not really down with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and even in 2018, 2018, they declassified MKUltra, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. 2018. Oh, yeah. There were declassified, you know, um, documents that came out from a guy in a letter from an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs made to run, turn, and stop via remote control mm-hmm. and brain implants. Now, now just were they stopping? Oh, gee, I, you know, I wonder if they did that in dogs in, 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 in 2018, what the hell are they doing now? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause, um, you know, I'm interested in philosophy of the mind. It's something I read about and, um, the, the, the control, which some people have been able to exert on, the mind through like electrical impulses and mm-hmm. you know causing people to have certain feelings sensations even change you know what how, how they move what they do they can stop like a a, the, a very famous experiment was somebody put a chip or, or some sort of a something in a bull's head and it, he was able to stop a bull mid-charge just by pressing a button just this you know it just was charging somebody and then it just stops and just stands there you know starts grazing they were doing that kind of stuff forever ago, forever ago. Like, it's not like this isn't, you know, I mean, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I'm guessing that particular experiment might've been like in the early seventies. So we're not talking about, you know, technology from the last 10 years. This is stuff which has been around now almost 50 years, the ability to put stuff in people's heads and modify their behavior. You know, and, and it's funny too, because if you think all this was on the up and up, try to help everybody and do the right thing by the, by the United States of America and national security, you got Richard Helms, right? The head of the CIA director that ordered the MK ultra fire files to be destroyed in 73. <laughs> now, who does that? Why? Why? Kennedy himself said, you know, we, we, we cannot be a country that does not, you know, divulge our mistakes you know, mm-hmm. and does you know does not hurt the people that are whistleblowers uh, for those mistakes. <laughs> you know, hey, mm-hmm. this guy Richard Helms, burn him! <laughs> we don't want anybody him. to know. Just burn him, burn them all. You know. So um, MK Ultra was not a small 
thing. Um, there were 80 different institutions that were, in, that were involved in the research that was done, including colleges and universities, hospitals, prisons, pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> um, the CIA operated various front organizations. No! That, that their purpose was to kind of serve MK Ultra, and um, so yeah, it was a big thing, and it had a, had a lot of buy-in um, at the time. Um, and it really wasn't until 1975 that um, the public, this is you know 22 years after it began, that the public in general kind of started to know um, about it. Um, and again, it came out through the church committee. This is, you know, one of these, yeah. one of those two committees that um, really uncovered a lot um, regarding the JFK assassination. It also, you know, brought this to the public's attention, and um, and also um, Gerald Ford's interesting person that he was the one to do this, but he had a um, president's commission on CIA CIA activities within the United States, um, which kind of mentioned this. I wonder if maybe he was involved in that because it's kind of like he was the first person in the know because he was involved with all these shady characters from way back when, but he was kind of far enough removed in terms of he was, he became president kind of late, late enough in the game that he's kind of like, okay, well now it's safe enough for me to kind of disclose some of this stuff and not be blamed for it. You know, I don't know, yeah. but in any case he was involved in that. Yeah, it's 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 just it's a uh, it, it's it's too bad, and and you know uh, I we urge folks, and I think Steve, you'll agree too, to look into these programs like Operation Paperclip and Artichoke, and mm -hmm. you know uh, MK Ultra, and just do a little bit of research on your own and kind of really get into the brass bones of it. You can only hear, you know, what we're giving you here, you know. But I mm -hmm. think that there's a lot of videos out there on YouTube, and again, you know, um, we'll give you the seeds to 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 build your own garden, you know, you got to go out there and you got to, you know, put the seeds in the ground and sow them yourself if you really want to find out. There's some serious atrocities that went on and I, and I think are still going on in America. And um, the only way we're really going to uh, get into all of this is to, is to educate folks. So, you know, please mm -hmm. do your own research. If you have any questions, let us know in the comments. Yeah, so uh, Bill had mentioned how Richard Helms in, in 1973, he was the CIA director at the time, how he had ordered that all the MK Ultra files be destroyed in 73, which is the year that it was halted. So essentially they're like, we got to halt this and get <laughs> cover rid of our tracks yeah. of all the evidence. So when the church committee and the Rockefeller um, commission, when those investigations kind of looked into MK Ultra, they had to rely on just testimony of um, direct participants and, uh, and also there was a, a small number of documents that had survived the destruction order. Yeah. Um, but in 1977, um, a Freedom of Information Act um, request did um, uncover 20,000 other documents related to um, MKUltra, which kind of um, shed some more light on it. And then as Bill mentioned, there were other um, documents declassified in 2001 and in uh, as late as December of 2018. Now, 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 let me just add. We're supposed to have the most, you know, influential, uh, smart, <laughs> uh, 
educated individuals in our CIA, FBI, whatever, right? The smartest folks that we think are in the world. Mm-hmm. Covert ops, all of this, secret, secret things going on. So the head of the CIA says <laughs> to all of his people, <laughs> get rid of all the documents. <laughs> and, if we, and we can't even do that <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like how stupid are we it's like guys okay get it together <laughs> okay get it together the head of the cia says burn it all mm-hmm. and yet not two not ten not even a hundred but twenty thousand were not destroyed we suck <laughs> Well, my guess is the reason why that happened is because even when MK Ultra was in in operation, they were trying to operate it in a covert way, in a covered up way. They wanted it to be invisible, as it was. And so, my guess is that all of those documents they did, probably didn't have MK Ultra, you know, written right, on no, the no. top. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, okay. So, Steve, what you're telling me is somebody in a, in a college in the middle of nowhere and bum shit minnesota uh-huh. you know came upon a, a file that said grandma's uh macaroni recipe <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably yeah probably mk ultra right there <laughs> and maybe a macaroni recipe thrown in just for good measure yeah <laughs> just to kind of round it out <laughs> and uh, look look i get it things were done all over the united states probably in different parts of the world too i get that my only hope is that we continue to be that stupid so that folks like us can continue to find shit. That's all. Yeah, I know. But it, sometimes it is, in general, I agree with you, but it can sometimes be helpful to have a competent, have the government act in a competent way once in yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe incompetent here, competent other places. Yeah, <laughs> a nice balance. Here, competent, there, competent, everywhere, competent, competent. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the um, origins of MKUltra, kind of where it, where it came from. Um, so mm-hmm. Bill already alluded to this. Um, so according to author Stephen Kinzer, um, he's a, a, somebody who wrote about MK Ultra. according to him, and I think he's right, the CIA project, quote, was a continuation of the work begun in World War II era Japanese facilities and Nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds. Um, he said that, MK, that MKUltra's use of mescaline on unwitting subjects was a practice that Nazi doctors had begun in a uh, concentration camp, a Dachau, 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 Dachau yeah. concentration camp. Um, and actually the, the CIA, as Bill mentioned, they, they secretly recruited Nazi torturers and vivisectionists, people who kind of cut people up, um, to come over here and continue their experimentation on, on various subjects. And those Nazis were brought to Fort Detrick, Maryland, and other places. And they, uh, among <laughs> other things, they instructed CIA officers on the lethal uses of sarin gas. The Germans had also experimented with mind control, as we said. There, sure. um, like people, People know about, or a lot of people know about their experiments with Jewish people in terms of like their biological experiments yeah. and things like that in the in the the camps. 
Um, but they were also very much involved in, like I said, learning about mind control. And we were very interested in that um, because we thought that it could be useful. And, uh, and so it sounds like um, that was really what was um, the mind control aspect of it was what was first called Bluebird and, and then Artichoke. So I guess right. those, two, those two operations were more focused on um, the, the mind control aspect. You know, and, and, to be, and to be fair, Steve, during the Nuremberg trials, there were seven uh, German scientists that were put to death mm -hmm. uh, because of the atrocities that they did do. Um, mm -hmm. and, but, <laughs> you know, never let a good, uh, a good murder go unrewarded. They took their files. <laughs> mm -hmm. And decided to continue their work in the United States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> no good deed goes, you know, <laughs> unpunished, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, so some of the reasons why they wanted to um, use these techniques was, um, and I, I should have mentioned that the person who headed the, the program initially was a Sidney Gottlieb. Mm -hmm. He was the, the head of the um, project. But the project was begun under... Um, the by the order of the CIA director of the time, Alan Dulles, mm. shows up again and again and again. Um, and so they were interested in um, developing mind-controlling drugs for use against the Soviet bloc. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it was the same thing they always say. They say, like, we need to learn how to do mind control and, and mind control drugs because we think the Soviet Union, we think the Chinese, and we think um, North Korea... Um, we believe that they're developing mind control techniques and we think they're using these techniques on U.S. prisoners of war um, during the Korean War. And you know what? Maybe they were. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they were pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, all three of those are, are countries that did horrific things. Um, and in, in some cases, or maybe in all three cases, still do horrific things to, you know, their citizens and other people. Um so the CIA, they wanted to have similar methods of their own to use on their captives. And they also were interested in potentially manipulating foreign leaders. And, uh, and later on, they famously tried to use some of these techniques on um, Fidel Castro. They tried to drug him yeah. and do other things. And that didn't yeah. really work. Yeah, they, tried to put a, they tried to put an explosive in a cigar. Way to go, CIA. Anyway, yeah. So we mentioned that sometimes colleges were involved in yeah. this work, um, but at times there were academic researchers, actually usually the case was that they were um, funded through grants from CIA front organizations. And so they were doing this research, but they were unaware that the CIA was using their work for, these pur for, for this purpose. And so the CIA was able to kind of guide the kind of work that was being done at colleges and universities sure. by the, the manner in which they were um, prov that they would bestow grants. So they're kind of like, you know, if, if, if let's say that there are two researchers and one researcher is studying the mind in some other way. And then some other researcher is saying like, Oh, but I'm particularly interested in, you know, could this actually control somebody's mind in some way? Yeah. Then the CIA would be like, you know what? We're going to fund that person. <laughs> you know, it's funny. All, all I can think now is, 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 is a scenario that kind of goes like this. Guy number one. All right. I'm never going to tell you what you want me to tell you. Uh, there's no way I'm going to do it. I don't care what you, what you do to me. And the other person looks at him and goes, 
We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> right? Because it's like... <laughs> Was that P Peter Laurie? Yeah. <laughs> all, you, all we got to do is, you know, uh, I'll use a quote by... Um, oh, God. Who's the guy that killed... Uh, what's his name? Uh, that killed... Uh, uh, the guy that killed Kennedy... Um, Oswald, who killed Oswald? Uh, what's uh, Ruby. Yeah, Ruby. Ruby. He he said, "Yeah, I, I want to tell you the truth, but I I can't. I, I don't know why I can't. I, I want to. Uh, Maybe you got to give me some sodium pentothal or whatever that stuff is to make me tell the truth. Because for some reason in my mind, I want to tell the truth, but I can't." Uh huh. He was quoted as saying that. Oh, that's it's, interesting. It's like really. Really, because he wanted, oh, of course, we'll get to this, but he wanted, he, he wanted the Warren Commission to bring him to Washington to get him away from, from Dallas so that he can tell the truth. He couldn't tell the truth. He wanted to, but he needed sodium pentothal or whatever it was that they do to make you tell the truth. Because for some reason, mm -hmm. even though he wanted to tell the truth, he could not do it. Wow. So I don't know why they feel the need to, to create these um, truth <laughs> drugs. I mean, Seriously, just give me like three or four or five shots of mezcal. <laughs> I will tell you literally everything. Anything that ever happened, whatever you want to know. And some stuff you don't want to know. Some stuff you don't want to know, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, you know. You know, but uh, seriously though, folks, I mean, people did die, mm -hmm. you know, from this stuff. One guy, um, Mr. Olson, I forget his first name, was a big one. I don't know if we're going to get to him, but he uh, sure I don't enough well, he might be in here. You know, he, he sure enough was a CIA um, employee who didn't like what was going on with the experiments and made it obvious that he was going to retire. Next thing you know, he's in a hotel room. And while the uh, CIA agent that was, uh, you know, pinned to him uh, while he was in the bathroom, <laughs> also just decided to dive out the window. <laughs> anyway, yeah. another story for another time. Boy, how much fun. You guys are like going, ooh, I want to watch the next episode. See what happens. Yeah. So um, speaking of uh, truth drugs, um, <clears throat> one of the big goals was to produce a perfect truth drug. They wanted like a <clears throat> infallible truth drug that they could use on Soviet spies during the Cold War. And, um, and also... They they were creating something. Um, well, there was another project. It was called Sub Project Fifty Four. Yeah. Um, it was the Navy's um, project. They were in charge of this for some reason, uh, maybe because of the way that they thought it could be carried out. But they were trying to create something called the perfect concussion, mm -hmm. and this was supposed to be a suboral frequency blast that could completely erase somebody's memory. So yeah, that's man. They wanted to do. Can you imagine that? It's like you blast something at them at a certain weird frequency, a, a low frequency. Now, wait a minute. It erases your memory. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Steve. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's back up a second. Yeah. You said a concussion blast that completely blanks out a person's memory. Yeah. Men in black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying, wow, imagine that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. So supposedly that program was never carried out. Oh, yeah. But they worked on it. Um, yep. So um, 
So some people have said that this period at the CIA was a um, period of, quote, paranoia. Mm. So it's kind of like they say this is what the tone was or the, the mood at the CIA. Um, and this was when the U.S. had lost its nuclear monopoly. Because remember, for a while, we, we were the only country with, a nu with nuclear weapons. So we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. <laughs> but then the Soviet Union got, um, they produced uh, you know, nuclear um, bombs very quickly after we did. And the yeah. way they did that was through espionage, through mm -hmm. um, intelligence gathering. They kind of stole from us, right? Yep. And so that made, a, that made the CIA and people there kind of real freaked out or, or paranoid, as it says here. And um, people believed that, uh, or the CIA believed that there was a mole that had um, penetrated the organization at the highest level, which, mm -hmm. I don't know, it may or may not be true. And so this may have something to do with the fact that um, they, were, they had poured so much money into... Um, examining ways to influence and control the mind. And frankly, during, between 1955 and 1965, you know, they experimented in a lot of really weird uh, or invested in a lot of yeah. kind of <clears throat> inspector gadgety type of yeah. schemes, you know, like the exploding cigars and the <laughs> shooting umbrellas, and some of which probably got built and worked, you know. We'll get yeah, into yeah. that. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, but what's the goal, Steve? I mean, honestly. What's the goal of MK Ultra and all the other projects? I mean, obviously, it's to control someone to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? Isn't isn't that basically what what we're getting down to here? Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and so you've seen the Manchurian Candidate movie, right? Of course. And if you haven't, you have to. Yeah, and I think that they've made it. Up, they've done it twice, right? Yep. Um, I like the first one. Yeah, um, I do too. Better yeah. acting. Yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, but that's a, a lot of people think that that was part of what we were about trying to create a um, um, somebody who would, you know, be the perfect killer. Because uh, uh, you know, what's the best way to get a, to to, um, to get away with killing somebody? You know, it's to have somebody else do it and somebody who can't give any um, who can't um, give any information, any dirt on you, you know? And, and it's, and it's really funny though, Steve, because the media would focus on things like, you know, um, when it, when it came out that, you know, we tried to kill, you know, Castro with an exploding cigar, you know, mm -hmm. these kind of cartoonish kind of things. I, I think it was kind of like, almost like a, an effort to get us looking one way, right. While the real shit was happening the other way. 